When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Although website Pornhub blocks access in Mississippi and Virginia over age verification laws, but will constituents push back against lawmakers? Bipartisan support for a proposed bill eyeing a ban on TikTok as analysts recommending that investors buy meta properties. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella would love to end exclusive titles on gaming consoles, but admits that the market leader Sony has set the marketplace for the industry. And Twitter imposed rate limits over the weekend, supposedly to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation. But many believe this move will drive away more users and more advertisers. Got all this and more for you in episode 89 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Happy Fourth for those who celebrate, uh, for those who don't. Uh, happy Cookout Day, or in my case, Happy Yard Work Day, because that's what I'll be doing. I'll be doing yard work. I did get a little bit of yard work, and I had to, I had to trim branches off of a tree. Um, this is hang, it's like hanging low, so people like have to, you know, do, you know, dodge and walk when they're going on the sidewalk. So I, so I finally got out and took care of that. But uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot going on. So like I said, like you, I don't really celebrate the fourth, but there will be cookouts with folks with I, smoked, I, smoked and tasty meats and stuff like that that I'll be going I go to out partake my way in. Not to celebrate, yeah. so I'll be at home yeah. doing yard work, watching soccer. Folks will notice that it's just two of us today. Stephanie had an engagement that came up and uh, Terrence and I are going to go ahead and hold the show down. So before we get to our tech stories, let me remind anyone listening who would like to support the show how you can do so. If you were to head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, that's the tech J-A-W-N. We have multiple tiers over there, any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party where you can watch us record this show live and hang out with us afterwards for shenanigans and ongoings that happen after the show. And also those tiers get you access in some cases to an ad free stream for listening in your RSS. And it helps us actually give you the news, the tech news of the week, the way that we give it to you. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. And with that, man, this first story, you just threw this one in here. So you're going to have to kind of enlighten me on it. I've heard a little bit about it, but it looks like in Mississippi and Virginia, Pornhub has just decided to just block access to the state because they've got some pretty stringent uh, user verification or I should say user age verification laws in those states. So the argument is whose responsibility is it to verify age? Is it the state's responsibility to verify kids age or is it the website themselves their responsibility to um, verify people's age uh, of course the states Mississippi and Virginia has has followed Louisiana and Utah to where they are saying it's the website's responsibility uh, sites like Pornhub which they are probably the most popular porn website that I can think of um, they are pushing back saying not only is it not, uh, it should not to be our responsibility. You know, if the state is going to pass a bill, then the state should make sure that they enforce it. Right. Um, that's what the porn, uh, porn hub and similar sites are saying. And in addition to that, they're also saying that putting up some age verification stuff on the website ain't going to stop nothing anyway. Mm. And two, it's kind of um, creepy, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> Pornhub is saying that, um, you know, it's um, what's the word? Um, uh, um, surveillance. 
is what I'm looking for to where, you know, uh, sites may be inclined to, um, the more information that users give, the more information that these websites have. So therefore, um, that may be, you know, uh, let me read it. Let me just read the actual quote. The Electronic Frontier Foundation has pushed back against age verification mandates, criticizing the laws as quote unquote surveillance systems that pose privacy issues to anyone who uses them. And this is a quote from this Electronic Frontier Foundation. Once information is shared to verify age, there's no way for a website visitor to be certain that the data they're handing over is not going to be retained and used by the website or further shared or even sold. Uh, the group said uh, earlier this year. So it's almost a back and forth about whose responsibility is it to verify their age, right? So until they figure it out, Pornhub, like I said, has decided to just block, like you mentioned, block access to the site from anybody that lives in those states. Like I said, the uh, Verge mentions Mississippi and Virginia, but I've... um saw this uh, story a little bit earlier and it was big in Utah. So Utah, Louisiana, now Mississippi and Virginia uh, do not, if you're a user, if you're a visitor to Pornhub and those sites, you pretty much blocked access. So the reason why I found this so interesting is because the states have passed these bills and are forcing this website to do something. The website says we're not going to do it. So as a result, it blocks access for the lawmakers constituents in these states. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to find out what the constituents are going to do because they no longer have access. Now, you can say what you want about conservative states versus blue states, but (laughs) porn is porn. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people upset and or pissed off that they can't access what they want to access because they just so happen to live in a state to where the lawmakers have decided this is what we're going to do. So it'll be interesting. I want to see how people push back. Do they say, yeah, that's right. We didn't want to access these sites anyway. So I'm good. I'm glad that the lawmakers are stepping up and representing me and my beliefs because a lot of these, most of these states are red leaning states, you know, or (laughs) <laughs> are these constituents going to be like, nah, I'm going to need y'all to turn back, to turn this back on quick, fast, in a hurry. And are the lawmakers going to do an about face? Because porn is big. I don't care what you say, whether you partake or not, porn is big. So where they move is how, you know, they, they got carte blanche as to how they move things, you know. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what how this shakes out. Yeah, I don't say I hate to say this, but it is what it is the porn industry drives a lot of adoption and a lot of innovation on the internet. It, it simply just does always has it's, it's been there since the, you know, since, the, since you can put pictures on the internet, <laughs> porn has been part of the internet. So there's a couple of things to this though. I have to believe that uh, a company like Pornhub, who you, you know, I you know, believe they are one of the biggest adult industry websites in existence. They have someone who's good with math and they said, is it going to cost us more to actually create a system that we can adhere to these laws or will it cost us more to just or cost us less to just simply block that state? Because here's the other side of this. They ain't blocking nobody who wants to get access. I I wouldn't say that they're necessarily be this gangster with it, but all you need is a VPN. All you need is a VPN. You set your location to somewhere outside of your state and you're back cooking with gas. True. Um, I guess the question with that is, will lawmaker, will constituents, not necessarily they don't have the tech savvy to do it because I'm pretty sure they do, especially if they're trying to view porn. You know (laughs) the inner workings of staying anonymous on the web, right? Um, But it's like, again, it goes back to my original um, thought are the lawmakers acting in the best interest of their constituents or are these lawmakers acting in their own interests and trying to get 
you know, uh, rack up quote unquote conservative points. Cause I'm assuming these are Republican lawmakers and these are conservative states. So, you know, if I'm wrong, shoot, you know, lightning strike. Right. But, um, and will that backfire? Right. Will, will the lawmakers that are trying so hard to score these points, will it backfire for them because their constituents say, well, we're not voting for you if you're going to make it that much harder for me to do what I want to do. You know, again, like I said, you partake or not, you know, people specific, specifically white folks, when they're, when they're, um, what's the word? When their freedoms are taken away, <laughs> they tend to push back. So it'll be interesting if they, will they push back or will they be like, you know what? You're right. You know, I was messing, I was tripping trying to get on these websites and I probably need not to get on them. And, and I would say this, there's probably somebody at some point, in, you know, in, in these states that have passed these laws, they're saying that, well, we want to make it safer for the kids. I'm sure that that is actually part of it. Sure. Sure. Um, and, and like, I'm not taking, I don't have it, you know, I don't live in any one of these states. I don't have any dog in this hunt. These aren't sites that I frequent personally, but it, it is interesting because you're right. People were able to do something before and now right. because of a law that you've been passed. I'm sorry. Right. No, I was just saying, and their, and their rights have been infringed upon. So it, it'll be interesting to see, but I just say that, as I said before, this is not going to stop anyone who really wants to go look at these sites. And as I said, I, I, I don't think that you're going to have this company on their website. Just, you know, you know, they'll, they'll probably just have some kind of nice message, contact your lawmaker or something like that. Even if they were to do something like that, but if they want to get gangster about it, they could say, you know, unfortunately we cannot use this in our, in, in your state. You can't use this website in your state and then have an ad for a, for a VPN tool that would allow you to use it. Uh, and really any of them would allow you to use it. I, I guess what would be interesting then is that for people, I guess, cause I, I would imagine that Pornhub has a fee to it. So how does that work? Could you collect credit cards from people who live in those States or would they have to work around how to pay that as well? So right. if, if it gets to where it is more than VPN difficult to do these things, then you might actually see some folks say, this is, yeah, hey, I enjoy these sites. They're legal. Um, I enjoy them. And you're, you know, and because of decisions you've made, you're, you're keeping me out of, you know, uh, you know, out of something that I enjoy. It would be, it would be interesting to see how that actually works. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, bands, we've talked about this many, many times here on the show. And I said this, there's a proposed TikTok ban um, here in the U.S. And investors are saying that this is something you should be eyeing as far as uh, meta platforms are concerned, because Facebook, Instagram, they are the ones who would receive a lot of, I would just say, if you can't use TikTok, you're probably going to go to Instagram. I guess you could go to YouTube short, you know, as, as, as well. But Facebook is the company that seems to gain the most. What is really interesting is that every time we've talked about these TikTok bands, Stephanie, I wish she was here for this. She's always said Meta is behind this because ultimately they win if they can get TikTok taken out. They absolutely win. They, they're next in line for all of that traffic. And the analysts are saying she's absolutely right. If, if, if the government is going to go and knock TikTok down, then who stands to gain? So you've got investment firms that are saying, you know, as far as guidance, you might want to think about investing in, in Facebook because it's already starting to happen right now. TikTok is banned in, I believe, over 30 states. It's a banned at the federal level, which means you can't have TikTok on a federal federally provisioned device. You can't have it on, as I said, 30, 31 states or phones. So in my nine to five, um, we are figuring out the best way to block TikTok from company owned and bring your own device uh, models. Because recently we introduced BYOD, which is basically to make a long story short, you bring your phone, 
you can access company information on your personal device. I'm not going to get into the details of how you do it, but you can bring your own device and access that. But since we are a big government contractor, big government contractor, you know, we've blocked it on company owned devices. And now we're having conversations as to we need to figure out how to block this off of personal devices that are accessing our information because we can't control what you have on your device. So you either right now you got two options. You can either not access company data on your personal device or you can get issued a government owned device that don't have TikTok on it, which to me, I'm like, okay, well, the way I operate as an IT person, my two worlds are separate. Mm -hmm. I don't access nothing from my personal device, anything work related at all. I don't care. It ain't email, <laughs> no, messenger. My company, if somebody wanted to reach out to me and I didn't have my work phone on me, you just can't find me. And in reverse, right? I don't access nothing personal on my company owned device because I'm from IT and I know how to process work. We, we invoke some of these access things, but there are a ton of people. A ton of people speaking from a enterprise mobility management engineer. There are a ton of people who do one of two things. They have their company issued iPhone or Android and they'd be like, well, why am I carrying two phones? I'll just use my company phone as my personal phone. Mm -hmm. And they got pictures. They got personal text messages and they got personal apps, which I can see. So they got all of the social media apps all of the personal stuff on top of it being a company device. Or the second thing they do is they do BYOD, which is the, the crux here. What I'm trying to get at is they'll BYOD, bring their own device. Say, I don't want to work with two phones. If I've got to sign up and sign off on my company, having access to my personal device, just so I can access company email, text messages, chat, whatever it is, so be it, right? The problem that is going to be now is companies are deciding whether or not you can access TikTok at all. Mm -hmm. And people are going to run into this problem, you know, when this starts to trickle down past the government. Like you said, companies are starting to do it. You know, this may be a real problem. I have for years, um, you know, going back to my earliest days working in IT, when like my first job, we got to go back to the mid 90s. I was working on a help desk. And this is before cell phones really were like a big thing. Every every now and again, somebody would have one. But this is mostly people having pagers. And I didn't even want to have stuff sent to my personal pager. If you if you if you need me to do something for my job, then give me the you know, give me the hardware. Why, why am I subsidizing my job with my own hard earned money to pay for technology so that they can contact me. If they really want to contact me, they can give me an additional pager. So I've just been wired like that all the way going back to the mid nineties. So anytime I've ever had a quote unquote work phone, it literally was a work phone. G give me two devices. Now it probably doesn't hurt that I as am into tech as I am. Because that phone that I would get from work was just it, it, it would always be something completely different than what I would buy for myself. I'm not going to have two of the same devices. Um, and this is going back in the day. It was a little easier. Now it's just pretty much just do you have Android? Do you have an iPhone? But I'm not for just hooking my company up like that. If you want if you want me to get email on my personal device, give me a device. Why would I, why would I once again, why would I subsidize my company? In doing that, that that is me checking corporate email on my personal device is more of a benefit to the company than it is for me. And, so and they know it and people gladly sign up for it, gladly sign up for it, because their main thing is I don't want to carry two phones around. But now as this getting back to this TikTok ban, now you're going to ask yourself, because if you want to use one phone and you use TikTok whether it be while you're at work or, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm not going to get into, you know, what you do on your, you know, your nine to five. But if you love TikTok and you're at a company and they're like, no TikTok, you're going to decide what you're going to do. Yeah, I've 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 been, you know, keep keep work and play separate 
for uh, for a long, long time, even even on things like your, your your laptops and stuff like that. It just becomes human nature that, oh, you're going to have a picture of your kids as your screensaver and stuff like that. I'm cool with that. But if you're using your work laptop as your personal laptop and they be and they do it beyond Amazon ordering stuff yeah. beyond uh, uh, YouTube and Hulu during the day. And like I said, I can't as a as a um, sysadmin, um, I can't see exactly what you're doing. Right. I can't, you know, well, if I was a help desk, like the desktop folks, they can they can remote into your joint <laughs> and watch what you're watching. Right. Mm-hmm. But on the mobile side, as far as TikTok goes, we can't do that. Not yet. Anyway, there's some technology to do it, but it's not as simple as pressing a button like on a desktop. But I can see apps you have installed. I can see how long you've used your phone. I can see battery percentages. I can see the last time your device checked in, uploaded, downloaded stuff. I can't see what it is, but I've got some background information and I guarantee you, you know, just just in my daily work, you know, it's like, why do you have this app on your phone? I ain't going to blow nobody's spot, but, you know, they'd be having some wild stuff on there. And I'm like. Man, if the hammer drops on y'all, all I got to do is screenshot this and send it off and you in a world of hurt. But people don't care, man. But maybe this will force them too because TikTok is a big deal. And, you know, um, somebody not having access to TikTok because they have a company on device or they've allowed their company to access their personal device in exchange for being able to access your corporate information on your personal device. You know, you want to decide is TikTok that important? You know, is me having two phones so I can, I guess, be at work and be on TikTok and still be able to get company emails while I'm on the go? That's your business. But, you know, get back to this issue, like you said, um, I, I'm surprised. I don't, I'm not a Forbes follower like that. But the fact that this is such a big deal that this Forbes story is telling you exactly where you should buy. At what yeah. price point should you buy a uh, meta stock because TikTok, you know, is having these issues? And I find that surprising. You know, I've, you know, the whole, you know, we're financial information, you know, we can't be liable for, you know, whatever, you know, whatever decisions you decide to make as a result of the reading this information. But I'm surprised that they're like, yo, if meta goes above 125, you need to jump in. <laughs> I thought that was surprising. It, it, I mean, they're fl- they're flat out telling you it's like th- this is like a buy. I mean, it's like here's where you need to jump in and buy this Facebook stock. And like I said, it's just it's really interesting because we we have to give her her props, Stephanie Humphreys. Uh, you know, uh, Humphrey, aka Tech Life Steph, has been saying since the beginning, since since we for, you know a year ago started talking about. Man, they're really trying to get serious about banning TikTok. She's like, that ain't nothing but Facebook. That, that, that is Facebook lobbyists getting in the ear of both sides of the aisle saying, y'all need to do this. Now, the reasons that the lawmakers may want to do it may be valid because they really believe that TikTok is, you know, is a, is a Chinese state sponsored application and it is just there collecting all kind of data on, on Americans. And they're going to use that data to sway elections. They're going to use that data to do all kinds of things. And this isn't something that is just hypothetical. We've seen it happen with Facebook. You know, this, this is, yeah, this is stuff that has actually happened before with Facebook. So as we said before, Facebook does it well. That's our own, that's a company in our own backyard, just tripping and and we'll handle that. But you can't just say we're going to handle China because we don't, we don't have any control there. They, they got, they they got, it's a really big country with a really big economy and a lot of nuclear weapons. And we can't just go in there and just start wreaking havoc because of something that we find out after the fact that their app is doing. So I think that one of the reasons you're seeing that both sides of the aisle are saying is like, this is just, it's not good. If we get got and we already, you know, people are telling us that here we are, we're vulnerable in these particular areas. We know this and we we don't do anything, then it, it, it'll be a revolt. So I understand why it's happening, but it, it is going to be interesting to see how people react to this, because 
TikTok is, I believe it is still the most traffic website on the internet right now. It is a really popular website. Man, people get a lot of their information from social media in general, TikTok specifically, right? Um, I don't know if the answer is just ban TikTok is going to be the answer because people will just move to another platform and get all their information. The government is going to have to be more proactive into how they um, educate and inform people, kids who are heavily influenced by social media, how they access it. And of course, that's a whole nother thing. And the government really don't want to be bothered with all that. So they're just like ban TikTok just to say we tried. If it don't work, which I don't even believe they think it's going to work, in my opinion, they are just saying ban TikTok so they can say whatever you do after that is your business. You know, instead Mm -hmm. of like I've suggested, you know, figure out a better campaign to educate people as it relates to social media, as it relates to TikTok specifically, you know, what information you get online, how you share information, the dangers of misinformation, you know, uh, get dig deep into that, you know, Mm -hmm. but again, that would take a, you know, a massive campaign, you know, and I don't know if the government's got time for that right now. All I know is this, one of my favorite (laughs) memes is it's a meme of Dave Chappelle dressed up like Rick James and he's got his hands out and he's, he's basically doing this come, you know, come to me, baby is what he's doing. It's, It's back from the old Chappelle show skit with Rick James. And I just see right now meta is sitting there just like that. You know, you know, you know, come on, come, come, come back to us. Come, you know, come back to us because they've been taking it from TikTok. There's, there's no question about that. TikTok has had this, uh, you know, has this ridiculous rise. And if this happens, like I said, 30 States, 30 plus States, the federal government, multiple companies like your company, uh, state and local, or I should say local governments, they're, they're blocking this. If this bill that they're saying we want to block it at the IP level, you don't we don't want this in the country anymore. If that happens, Facebook wins. So it's just interesting to see that something that, you know, our own Stephanie Humphrey has been saying for well over a year. Now the analysts are saying the same thing. She, she has been on this. one. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Terrence, here's a story we're going to talk about. And I know that both you and I are players of Call of Duty. Um, I, I, you, you play on the, you play on the Xbox, right? I used to, man. Uh, oh, you switched? I actually looked at it and contemplated selling it because I haven't been on so in a while because I've okay. been, just been so busy. Oh, okay. And I know the day that I sell it, <laughs> the day, two days after that, I'm going to want to get back on, you know. But yes, to answer your question, yes, i a heavy Call of Duty fan. I almost the only game I play nowadays, but I, and I do play on the Xbox. So for those who do not know, Call of Duty is one of the most popular games on earth. And it is made by a company called Activision Blizzard. And Microsoft has been trying to purchase Activision Blizzard for the better part of the last year or so um, to the tune of almost $69 billion, $69 billion. I think it's like a $68.7 billion deal. And they've been blocked at every turn, but we're getting we're getting into you know the real game time, our in game time, because if Microsoft doesn't pull this thing off by July 18th, they've got to pay a three billion dollar separation agreement to some or to Sony to Activision Blizzard. 
Now, $3 billion is, is a lot of money. Not a lot of money from Microsoft standpoint, but it's a lot of money to where you tried to do something and it didn't happen. So you just give us three billion. That's a, that's a lot of money for that. Well, the FTC has actually been blocking this and they last week had a court trial started last Monday. And it turns out that the Microsoft CEO, Satya Nadella, He's actually saying uh, about these exclusive titles, you know, where, where the consternation is about uh, this deal is is really been a lot of noise coming from Sony about this super popular game, the most popular game, you know, in, in the world. Is you guys can make it exclusive and cut us out if you buy the company, the publisher of the game. And Microsoft has been him and, you know, you know him and all saying, no, we're not going to do this. You know, they have equivalently said that we will give you we, we can't do lifetime. Lawyers don't like to write things for a lifetime. They always put an end date on it. But I want to say 10 years is where it's at now. This game will not be exclusive, at least for 10 years. And we will start renegotiating it five years out to make sure that it goes another 10 years. So you never have to worry about this. And long story short, Satya Nadella in court talking to the FTC or, or talking with the, you know, the lawyers in this FTC trial essentially said that he wishes that exclusive would go away altogether, which is kind of interesting because some other news came out that execs at Sony are the ones who are saying that, yeah, we're the ones who kind of actually want things to be exclusive because it helps us do the things that we do. When you think about well, all the, to, to be more, not to be more to to quote the guy specifically, which is a bunch of bullshit. If you ask me, he says. Game Pass Xbox's subscription to where if you buy this Game Pass, you get access to all these titles online. Right. This head, this PlayStation head, Jim Ryan, is saying that's the problem. It ain't Call of Duty, which we mm-hmm. know it is. He says this Game Pass all publishers unanimously do not like Game Pass because it's value destructive. And as a result, this guy says Sony had to massively invest in first party exclusives just to keep the wolves from his door and added for good measure that it wasn't in Microsoft's interests to keep Activision Blizzard games on PlayStation, <laughs> which is crazy that he what? says, fix his face to say, we had to, we were forced, play, Sony PlayStation was forced to get exclusives just to combat Microsoft doing this Game Pass that people as optional, not required, optional to buy this Game Pass to have access to all these titles, which is crazy because like we mentioned, say what you want, but PlayStation is shaking in their boots because Microsoft buying Activision eventually will give Microsoft control over Call of Duty and PlayStation is not feeling that at all. <laughs> at all. So here's the thing, though, because about about what the execs at Sony are saying. So did they have a crystal ball? Did they have a magic eight ball? Were they, were they on mushrooms? Because if I remember correctly, Sony was doing exclusives. Well, before years before Game Pass came out. So it's kind of like, well, we're going to preemptively react to something that Microsoft might do a decade from now so that when they do it and it's really awesome, we can actually it's if you believe what these folks are saying, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of mind boggling. And back to what, you know, Satya Nadella is saying, he was like, you know, uh, we don't want to do exclusives. That's not our business model. We would love to open that up, but he he never says Sony's name. He says the market leader. For those who don't know, you know, I, I think that we are once again very U.S. specific. So maybe here in the United States, Xbox is kind of the thing you hear all the time. But worldwide, Sony dominates the console market. It's it, I mean, it's not even close. It's like an election, uh, like a landslide election. <laughs> they they have significantly more market share than everything else, and they're the ones that's pushing all of this exclusive. Uh, I don't want to call it nonsense because it's it's their business model, but they're the ones who are pushing it. But they're using that as the excuse as to why this deal shouldn't go through from Microsoft and Microsoft CEOs. Flower say it. If it was up to me, we wouldn't do anything exclusive. The market leader is the one who has set the market and they're, and they're the ones who are dictating that the exclusives is the way that business is going to be done. 
So it will really be interesting to see what ends up happening. As I said, the breakup fee is July 18th. So last Thursday, I believe, is when Microsoft and the FTC had their closing arguments. It is now up to one judge who has to make a determination on whether or not she is going to allow this deal to go through. And like it's massive, 68 point seven billion or sixty eight point nine billion or something like that. You know, it's 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 a, it's a lot of money that Microsoft is trying to pay to buy this. So you know, so we only have to wait a couple more weeks to figure out what is going to be going here in this deal. So I know that we try not to talk too much about Twitter on the show. But I don't know. Have you been paying attention? Anything that's been going on with the uh, Twitter rate usage or anything like that Just over the weekend? More, uh throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. So so here's essentially what is happening. Twitter imposed rate limits over the weekend. And Elon Musk said that this is to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation. So what they have done is if, if you are a Twitter free user, so you're not paying for Twitter blue, you now can view 600 posts per day. If you are a Twitter blue user, you can view up to 6,000 posts in a single day. And if you are a new unverified or a new user that's not on Twitter Blue, but you're brand new, you can only view 300 posts per day. From the perspective of a social media network whose main mode of making um, of making money, their main mode of monetization is display ads, this makes no sense whatsoever. You're saying that for people who don't pay us, we're only going to allow you to potentially see ads every 600 posts, you know, or 600 posts a day. Um, 600 posts is really not a lot because you can scroll through. Now, I, I wouldn't say that the average user is going through 600 posts a day, but if you're like a Twitter power user, it is nothing for you to scroll through in the course of 24 hours, 600 posts, because you're literally just scrolling past them and they load as you're scrolling past them. It doesn't, it doesn't take a long time. How do I know this? Because I said 600, I wonder how long it takes me to scroll through 600, uh, about 35, 40 minutes. Um, I don't tend to spend 35, 40 minutes on Twitter every day, but we know that there are people who spend hours and hours and hours on Twitter every single day. So the internet went nuts over this. It actually got to the point to where you know, one of the upstart Twitter clones that we'll call it a blue sky that's actually run by Jack Dorsey. And they had to temporarily suspend signups, even though they're in beta, even though you have to actually have a code to sign up. It's, it's a closed beta at this point. They had to suspend it because I think so many people said, Hey, who has a code? Let me go get on blue sky because I can't do anything more on Twitter. They actually suspended their new signups uh, over the weekend. It was just temporary. They've come back. And this is just, I don't know what is going on with this company. This makes zero sense that you make your money by paying by, by people viewing your, your content and you're going to limit the amount of content that those people that, pay, that ultimately generate revenue for you are allowed to see. I'm pretty sure that they have taken into account how effective ads are on Twitter. Not to say you can't see them, but how effective they are. Right. Number one, they've probably done the math and said, you know, if we do this change, uh, we are, we will, will hardly the, the amount of, uh, the lack of ad dollars that are ads are being viewed. I I don't want to say is, you know, not important, but they've probably done the math, right? Number two, I'm guaranteed that that 600 or whatever number for just regular old users, probably there is a, a clause or a, a, I'm pretty sure that doesn't include promoted ads. I'm pretty sure, let's just say it's 300 posts. And 75 of those are promoted, sponsored, whatever ads. I guarantee you people are looking at 375 ads, right? I'm pretty sure them ads are getting through to where it ain't, you know, if 301 is an ad, you're going to see that one ad, right? Uh, number three, um, yes, this is, does, is, is nonsensical, you know, on his face. That the main way Twitter makes money is via ads. So why are you going to reduce the potential, ad, the amount of ads you can see? Right. But I think Musk really 
is nervous <laughs> at the fact that even if everybody saw all of the ads that were displayed on Twitter, that still would not make Twitter profitable. And the fact that he is losing money hand over fist every day, Twitter's operating. He's like, we've got to figure out another way to make money. And the only way he can do it right now, well, the only way it appears that he's trying to do it is via getting people to sign up for this daggone Twitter blue, whatever this thing is. So all, if you, if you go back and think about all the stories we've done over the past couple of months as it relates to Twitter, it's all surrounding trying to get people to pay <laughs> for Twitter, like straight up. Mm-hmm. It was the, the, the verified check mark and the blue versus the gold check mark. And it was the this and, and Twitter blue, you can do this. And you know, now it's, if you're Twitter blue, you can see what, however many multiples of the, uh, view. What is it? If you have Twitter blue, you can use 6,000, 6,000 versus 300 posts, right? To a power user or to a, somebody that lives and breathes on Twitter all day, that may say, all right, well, I, I, I now need to decide whether or not I need to pay for a Twitter blue, good or wrong, right? Bad, whatever the case may be. That to me is a big demarcation of, can I live on free Twitter? And if I can't, then I may need to pay for it to get all of these extra views, right? I'm not saying people should. I'm just saying Elon Musk is like, we've got to figure out a way to make this thing profitable or I'm going to lose my shirt literally in this deal. So this is what we got to do. This is what it is. Even if it does chop off your nose to spite your face about not being seeing so many ads, he's got to bet that, all right, well, if we get these many people to sign up for Twitter Blue, the amount of ads that people are seeing, it it no it it uh, cancels itself out. That's the only way I can see it working. So so things that we've heard, we've heard that uh, Twitter is now uh, he paid forty four point six billion dollars for for this company. We've heard that Twitter is not even worth twenty billion anymore. That that's coming out of Twitter. Um, we've heard that advertising revenue has, although it's come back up a little bit, that it is it is less than half of what it was this time last year. These things we know. So my question is, if you do this, that means that you are making, because like it's, it's less than half of what it was. We don't know what the exact number is. We just know that it's less than half. It could be significantly less than half. If we know that we are willing to, in an effort to try to get people to sign up and give us $8 a month, we're willing to forego advertising revenue to actually try to go after this $8. It just makes me wonder, are things way worse at Twitter than, than even what, you know, people are letting on. So I, I'm going to say this, you, you've got multiple factions, um, uh, you know, of, of Twitter users. You have those who, when they found out that Elon Musk was going to even take the company over, I'm checking out all my data and I'm out. And, and and a lot of people bounced. There was no question. They were they were real, and they have left, and they've gone other places. They're back over on on Facebook. They've started up their own Discord communities. They're doing stuff on um you know on uh, Instagram. They're doing stuff on Telegram. They're doing stuff on Signal. They they have moved off of the platform. I respect that. You know, you said this is what you're going to do. Then you know that's what you're going to do. Then you've got another group of people who they keep talking about how bad it is and they're going to leave. But where are they telling you that they're you know things are really bad and they're going to leave on Twitter? Why? Because Twitter still has hundreds of millions of users who log into it pretty much uh, you know every week. So you know, if you have something to say, you can say it on Twitter and get in front of a lot of folks. You have, uh, you know, another group of folks who just I just use the platform and I just I just don't want it to suck because it's, it's been kind of sucky for for several months now. I just I wish it would be better than it is, but I enjoy Twitter sucky. and I just want to use it. You say sucky. You mean you're the actual usage of it or the conversations around it? Because um, to me, the operation of Twitter hasn't really changed that much. And that's just me because I'm not a, I'm a casual user. I'm not on there as much as you are, maybe. So I'm on there enough, particularly since I became Twitter blue, I, I I'm on there enough to where I notice if you accidentally click on the four, you feel like this is a change that they made. It used to be just your feed was your feed. 
Now they've got this thing called for you, where it's like your curated feed based on what Twitter thinks you want. Yeah. If you accidentally click on that, it's like it will it will suck you down. Why am I seeing this? Why why, why am I looking at 14, 15 year olds who tell me they run? uh, Now, we'll say this. These 14, 15 year olds may have 10, 12,000 followers. But it's like, why why am I listening to a 14 year old tell me about life? And it's that the other. Why am I seeing that someone who I've never followed? And it's just based the algorithm thinks that's who I want to talk to. So those kind of things are kind of sucky because you don't always notice that you flipped over to it. And it's like, what is going on? Oh, wait, I got to flip back over to my, uh, you know, you know, to to my actual my, my feet, you know, things that based off of people who I follow. I actually, when I'm on the computer, don't even use Twitter.com. I use TweetDeck. Here's another issue for TweetDeck. TweetDeck, which is actually a tool from Twitter, it very easily allows you to create a bunch of lists. So I can actually put people in lists that I want to see stuff from, and I don't even need to follow them. I literally can just add them to a list and go look and see every single post that they that they put up because it's not based off an algorithm. It's based off of this is who I want to see whenever they say something, put it in this particular list. So um, TweetDeck, because of this rate limiting stuff, is actually having issues to where I, and I've, I've personally had some of these issues. Now, they've kind of cleared up today, but I was having some over the weekend to where my lists aren't loading. Um, just a bunch of different things were, were going on with, the, with this application. And then you've got the, the you know, the, the, I would say the last group. And these are and I don't understand these folks. I mean, I want, you know, um, someone that I follow, she kind of called them goofy and I want to just keep, keep using that. These are the Elon fanboys that no matter what problems Twitter is having, as long as Elon says it, it's a good thing. And you literally have people who have tens of thousands of followers who are saying, you know what, if I'm paraphrasing, but if Elon decides that you only need to see 600, it's probably better for you because you are spending too much time on the platform. I'm like, what? That, that makes no sense. It's like the company makes money by you spending as much time as humanly possible on the platform. Why are they doing this? And you're just going to just, just accept the fact that this dude, Elon Musk said it, therefore it must be a good thing. And it, it is a good thing. I, I do know this. It's not a good thing when you pay $44 billion for, for a company and nine months later is not worth 20. It's not a good thing when you're telling people you can't view the ads that generate us revenue because we're only going to allow you to see 600 posts a day as compared to allowing you to see unlimited amounts of posts before. These things just don't make sense. And it doesn't matter whether or not you are a fan of Elon Musk or not. You have to sometimes just take a step back and say, you know what? This wasn't a good decision. That wasn't well, a good decision. Um, n- not that the devil needs an advocate, um, but similar to the Reddit uh, issues with the Apollo, right? You know, whether you agree or not, Apollo is using Reddit's data in order to, I don't want to say turn a profit, but be a, mm-hmm. a, a, a useful tool, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have its own data. It's scraping quotes data from Reddit, mm-hmm. right? You can make an argument to uh, Elon Musk is making the argument that Twitter is in the same kind of category to where there are apps, there are services, there are AI, you know, where everybody's talking about AI, all it's doing is scraping the internet and it's probably scraping Twitter because Twitter is part of the internet and these AI chat bots, whether it be Bard or chat GPT or some dude who created a chat bot to do something right is scraping Twitter to make its own tool useful. So again, in Elon's depth grab to make Twitter valuable, what he's doing again, cutting off his nose to spite his face is saying, all right, well, I'm tired of people using Twitter to make themselves profitable if anybody's going to be <laughs> profitable off of Twitter, it's going to be Twitter. So if that means I got to cut, you know, the amount of data that users and tools and services and apps uh, can access, then it is what it is, right? I mean, if I was running a company, I would feel some kind of way too. Again, I would have had the sense to figure out how to make Twitter um, 
profitable way before this, but that's not how startups and VCs and funds and loans, that's not how the world works, right? Mm-hmm. You start up a company, you put the profit, you put the product out there for free in hopes that somebody either come and buy it or you can make money off of ads. So it's kind of like the only really two ways that I can think <laughs> people are making money off of free stuff. You know, eventually it's going to get sold or bought or they're going to insert ads. You think of all your popular things, YouTube, which is the main kind of like one reason why YouTube is free is because people advertise on there so much. Same mm-hmm. thing with Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter, right? The only problem with Twitter is <laughs> they lose the money <laughs> left and right. So I, I will just say this. So you've actually had some fanboys of, of Twitter fanboys of Elon Musk who are referring to the regular users of Twitter. Those who have, who have not upgraded to Twitter blue right. as freeloaders. <laughs> and it's like, really? That, that right. you think that someone who is not paying for something that has historically always been free right. is now a freeloader. And it's like, do you think that the data that you've collected on these people who have been using this application for free, that that's not a value, um, you know, to the company, if they're freeloaders, then they should be able to just take that data away, continue to use your, you know, your, your product and you don't get anything out of it, then they're a freeloader. But no, you've literally captured hundreds of megabytes of data on many of your users that you're using to make these decisions on who, you know, on what sponsors you go to right. and how much you charge and this and that and the other. So to call them freeloaders is just, now I'm not, you know, I don't want to put like, you know, I, you, disingenuous. Yeah. Like I, said, I, I don't think Elon Musk said that. These are what fans of Elon have said. So I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's just kind of like, that's just, Goofy is the word of what he is. Just goofy to be. It's like well, this thing. Know. Things we know about the internet. It is very at the end user standpoint. It is very difficult to take something that was free and to charge for it. Um, people are going to revolt. You, you've got to do some serious math on that. It's like okay, we were giving this away to five hundred million people for free. Now we're going to charge. Off now, off the 500 million people, I'm just making numbers up. These numbers don't, don't exist anywhere up inside of, outside of Rob's mind. But for those 500 million people, we were making $10 off of them. So five, we were making $5 billion off of, off of those, you know, $10 off of those folks. So if we decide to, okay, we're going to now make this a pay for play type situation. How many people do we need to sign up to Twitter Blue? in order to defer what we were making on the people that we kick off because it was free. That's the math that has to happen. And right now what is probably happening from for Elon Musk is that math ain't mathing because people just aren't signing up there. There you have to be careful with how you look at stuff on Twitter because you can fall into certain communities where almost everyone has Twitter blue, but most people are not rocking Twitter blue. They're not, they, they simply just aren't most people. The, you know, the overwhelming hundreds of millions of people that are on this platform still are using free accounts and they will only ever use free accounts. So if you cannot figure out how to be profitable with those free accounts, then you're going to have the kind of issues to where, you know what, maybe we should rate limit um, the free users so they can only see 600 posts. Maybe that'll, that, that'll teach them. It's like, you want to use our platform and see our, you know, see our, uh, you know, our, 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 what is this word that he uses? Uh, our free speech, free speech, absolutist takes on stuff. Then you got to pay us eight dollars a month, right? And I don't think we're having this conversation if Twitter was making gobs of money. Like the only mm-hmm. problem with your scenario is we're making a bunch of money off of free users. How do we make even more free money? Even more money off of free users? Let's figure out how to charge. Twitter is like. We are losing money. <laughs> I don't know if you're, if you're listening to us, you can't see my hands, but you know, Twitter is losing money. We have to figure out how to make money off of free users in order to stay in business. Again, that's my ultimate, my ultimate thing is if Musk doesn't figure this thing out, Twitter may go away. Because people have figured out and realized and come to the realization that it is too big. But at the same time, it, you, it's gotta fail because for, 
the next person that comes along, I don't know if it's a bunch of people. I don't know if it's one cajillionaire. They're going to look at this and be like, nah, you know, nah, mm-hmm. we can't do it. And in, and in Twitter and in Elon Musk uh, bankruptcy just to get out from under Twitter. Of course, we know he ain't broke. But, you know, that's what tr- rich people do is they declare bankruptcy to get something off their books. You know, look at <laughs> Donald Trump. That's that was his oh, main. Well, that was his hole for decades. Right. And I wouldn't put it past must to be like, you know what? I'm done with this. No, declare bankruptcy. Get Twitter off my books. And then comes the question is. Who saves Twitter? These people are going to look at Twitter and be like, nah, son, that is a, that is a waste of time, yeah. energy, and money. Um, I wonder what Linda Yaccarino, that is the new uh, CEO of Twitter. I wonder what her golden parachute looks like. Because from all accounts, she is a, a bright woman who knows what she's doing. I can't imagine for the life of me that she would go, I want to take, I want to go to the helm of this company, but if it all goes to crap, I got to have a, a a nice parachute to where I want to, I want to leave here with 50 million, a hundred million dollars in my pocket or so, or, or more um, after she does this. It's really interesting to see that. And the thing that I always say, because a lot of people think they, they really think that because Elon Musk, his net worth was such that if he could just go write a check for 40, uh, $45 billion, he could have, you know, he, he had the money to do that, but that's not how, that's not how his Twitter deal happened. Number one, he can't physically do that. He can't go get 45 billion of his, of his 200 billion liquid. He can't do that. Number two. Right, and that's what I was going to say before you finish. <laughs> if you ask me, I don't think dude had $40 billion to go find. Mm-hmm. It was all tied up in other stuff to where he would have to, he would have to move heaven and earth to get 40 billion in cash. Mm-hmm. And that's what my problem is with people who love Elon Musk so much. Oh, he's a billionaire. Yeah, if he liquidates everything, <laughs> everything. You like I said, you know, and I, I I'm I'm making it longer, but I'm gonna keep it short. People say, Oh, you own a house. No, you don't own a house. The bank owns your house. The only time you can benefit off of your the ownership of your home is if you sell it to somebody more than what you bought it mm-hmm. for. But until then, the bank still owns your house until you have the deed in your hand. You know, so all the the oh, my house increased in value. That makes me no. <laughs> you don't get that. You don't realize that asset until you sell it or pay it off and then sell it. Right. Because right. even if you pay it off, you still got it on. Your it's books. just an asset. Yeah. It's, it's not liquid. It ain't, it's not it's increasing, just- but it, it's it's just a thing until you sell it. Right. So my whole point with Elon is everybody love Elon because he's a billionaire. Not really. He just got a lot of money tied up in a bunch of different places to where the assets are more than the uh, debt, you know, but you, you still ain't you out here like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I always say this is like Elon, like billionaires always do. He used OPP to finance this deal. Other people's pockets. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, some of that money was his. There's, there's no question about that. But it wasn't all his. It wasn't mostly his. He, he's got creditors and investors who are looking at this dude. All right, man. It's like, what's going on here? It's like, you, you owe us all this money and this company is, is not looking great. And it's, it's going to be interesting just to see how this goes because this is not it. Uh, you know, just, just to go to one of the other articles here, it says that very soon, I don't know if this has actually happened today or not. I haven't looked since we started recording the show. But Twitter free is going to go up to a thousand. Twitter blue is going to go up to 10,000 per day. That still is not going to get it. Um, a thousand posts per day is probably more than the average person looks at. But your power users, the ones where you, you know, where those ads are truly targeted to what people are looking at and, and, and doing, that's, that's not going to work for them. You, you're not going to make money off of that. So it's just going to be really interesting to see how they ultimately come back from this. So, man, I'm looking at the clock. We are right at the top of the hour here. We don't have a spotlight this week, but we did get a new patron. So want to give a shout out to one Mr. Todd Bolton, who became a patron and is holding the tech John down this week. So for anyone, once again, if you are interested in supporting the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That's the tech J-A-W-N. And you can support us there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. With that being said, Brother Tech, on this uh, July 3rd, Monday, Right before July 4th, the 4th of July. What you tell folks I didn't get at you? Hey, you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So come holler out us however you holler. Till we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace.